Welcome to Dead and Roasted. What can I get you? Ah, customers are beginning to pile in. But it's my coffee break, so not my problem just yet. Hey there. You know, the worst part about work isn't how boring it can be or how difficult it might get. Now, if you ask me, it's the customers. Sure, most of them are polite or quiet, but once in a blue moon, you get that customer who doesn't seem quite right. And when you approach to greet them with a warm smile, the only warmth you feel in return is your own blood flowing from your throat. You didn't see the man's knife. You didn't know just how unhinged he was. You were simply working through another hour to make sure your family can keep a roof over their heads. Mm, that's the real horror, if you ask me. Oh, who am I? Just the closing shift manager of a cozy little coffee shop on the outskirts of town called Dead and Roasted. Working here for so long, I've got loads of stories to share with you. Stories from workers of every variety, experiencing allegedly real horror on and around the job. I hope you're ready to be scared. Because when you clock in, you may never clock out. These are tales from the break room. Mr. Kindling Man from Chrissy. There's no climax to the story, no being followed or anything like that. But this was a conversation I will not forget and I still share it from time to time as one of my creepiest work stories. It was the fall of 2019. I started a job in a local crafts store that was right around the corner of my college campus. I was in the wood craft section with my section partner, Michelle. Note that our store was rather large and we had to use a large movable stairway that was only five to six steps tall. From it, I could see all the way to the front of the store where the registers were, but people couldn't see me very well, not unless I made a big enough effort to be seen. I was moving products from the very top to the bottom, handing them to Michelle. At some point, she gets paged up front for a price check, and I'm left alone. Not two minutes go by, I'm at the very top of the staircase and I have my foot kind of dangling off because I was reaching for a wood crate. Suddenly this old man comes up. He appears to be in his 60s. He's got a dark coat, shaggy gray hair, and smelled of old eggs if I'm going to be honest. Right away, without a word, he just grabs a hold of my ankle and hard. I kind of winced and jumped because he had scared me. I looked at him asking him what was up and if I could help him. He looked at me dead in the eye and said, You know, most of these wood items would make great kindling, and so would your ankle. I was shocked. Like, why would you possibly say that, of all things? Not only that, but I was stuck on this staircase with no exit. If I tried to run, he might hurt me but he also had a very firm grip of my ankle with his dirty, oil-covered hands. I quickly snapped back and whipped my foot back over his wrist. He let go, chuckling. <laughs> At that moment, I proceeded to wave and call out for Michelle, trying to be as calm as possible. I said a customer had a question that I couldn't answer. 
By the time she got over there, the man was gone, and I didn't see him in the store. I told Michelle what happened. She told me to go take a break so I could calm down, which I happily did, and I finished out my shift with no further issues. Whatever that dude's problem was, I hope he isn't using fire to deal with it. Dancing in Death From Princess Marlena Many years ago, in a city I can't disclose, I performed as a dancer at a very old theater. I'd sometimes spend the night in the theater to avoid commuting, as the neighborhood in which the theater was located was very dangerous, especially after dark. Eventually, I decided to move into the theater, as rent was increasing and my relationship with my roommates was becoming tense. I packed my things and discreetly moved into the theater. This theater had showers and there was a staff kitchen. I was very careful not to make a mess or overstock the fridge or freezer. There was a small convenience store that could supply me. I practically lived there. It saved me on rent money as the local apartments were costly. One night, as I slept on an old twin folding cot left forgotten in a small storage room, I heard what sounded like gentle footsteps. They were padding down the hallways, passing my little hiding spot just outside the door. I would hear this often, waking me up from an otherwise sound sleep. We didn't have security guards, and the cleaning staff would go home after certain hours. I knew when the administrative staff came and went, and this wasn't them. I would hear footsteps in the back rehearsal area of the theater, especially the dance rooms. The bars would occasionally rattle or shift. I even heard dance steps on the stage. I recognized the patterns as ballet dance steps. I wanted to tell someone, but I didn't want to get into trouble for squatting in the theater. This activity continued, and even increased for me. Then again, maybe it's because I noticed it more often. One night I snuck up into the dressing room backstage to retrieve something I'd forgotten in my locker after dance theater rehearsal. Upon unlocking my locker and retrieving the item, someone pushed the locker door closed right there in front of me. That someone was a ballerina. She was dressed in a leotard, tights, leg warmers, and ballet shoes. She looked like she had just come from rehearsal. She gave me this blank, cold stare, and I stared back in shock. No one else was supposed to be there in the theater at that time except for me. I gasped. Frantically, I spoke. You're the one I've been hearing around here. The girl smiled but faded from sight like a shadow until she was gone. I couldn't believe it. I locked the locker and made my way back to my hiding spot. Since then, I swear I could still hear her in the theater from time to time. I even saw her practicing her dancing either in the back rehearsal dance room of the theater or even on the stage, whether the stage curtains were drawn or down, parted or raised. We had both vertical and horizontal operating curtains. I think she eventually found my hiding spot, as I would hear her tapping gently on my door. We sort of had an understanding, I think. 
I left her alone and she left me alone. On those rare occasions where I'd see her, I would stare or glance, but when I occasionally spoke to her, she would either just nod or shake her head. She never stayed in sight for long, nor would I hear her dancing for long. I never actively sought her out. It was like stumbling upon a deer in the woods. She may have even helped me out by alerting me from time to time if someone was coming, be it someone in the staff returning for something or a surprise visit from someone on the board of trustees for the theater. Eventually, the performance season ended and I was able to afford an apartment. Not to mention, I managed to land another performance gig at a different theater across town. The day I was packing up my things and moving out, I saw something written in the dust on the floor of the storage room. It read, Goodbye and break a leg. It hadn't been there before. I wrote, Thank you, in reply and left. Now that I performed at a new theater, in my free time I looked up the history of that old theater at the library. I found an old news story on microfiche dating back many years ago. It was about a ballet dancer who had died in the theater. She had apparently overdosed on a dangerous and experimental diet drug that had led her to her death. She collapsed dead after curtain call of the final season's performance. It was a shame. I saw her photo and it turned out she looked exactly like the woman I'd seen at that old theater, haunting the place. I'll never forget this encounter, but I rarely share the story of this experience, since I doubt anyone would believe me. And even if they do, I don't want them going to look for the theater and for that ghost. I just don't want people to bother her. I never went back, so I don't know if she's still there or not. But I wish her well, and I hope she finds peace. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Murder on the Loose from James. I'm from the UK and I work at a restaurant. I think this happened about two years ago. On that particular day, it was extremely quiet. I was doing some dishes in the kitchen and all of a sudden, I heard a lot of voices in the restaurant. 
I went to see what was up, and the staff that was out there seemed all shaken up and worried. From the back of the restaurant windows, you could see into the beer garden. The staff said they saw a guy covered in blood holding a knife. Apparently, he had climbed and jumped over the beer garden fence. It looked as if he was fleeing from something. We later heard on the news a day or two later that there had been a murder in the area right near us. The guy who had done it was still on the loose. They said he was on drugs or something. I didn't see it, like I said, but just hearing about that really freaked me out. After all, we were all vulnerable, and anything could have happened. Luckily, he was caught and put away, but it goes to show you how you need to be careful all the time. That guy could have broken in, and God knows what could have happened. I remember a time on a Friday night about a year ago, when I was on shift at work. It was just a normal day. Nothing happened. We were just closing down as usual in the evening. My manager, Dan, came running down the stairs into the kitchen. He told us to lock all the doors and to keep a good lookout. That was scary, because you could just see how panicked Dan was. In the bar, a man who was completely intoxicated began to get violent, throwing glass bottles around at the staff. All the girls working on the bar that night were crying and terrified. This drunk guy had gone on a rampage around the pub, and no one knew where he was. They found him eventually and kicked him out, and he was arrested. I can't understand why people get drunk and suddenly get so violent. We've had some really tough and scary experiences at work. Something at the Daycare From Sweet Tooth 101 Growing up, I believe I experienced multiple instances of paranormal activity. But what I experienced one night at my first job was genuinely one of the most unnerving things to ever happen to me. It was about 15 years ago. I worked my first job right out of high school in childcare. Just to give you an idea, it was a small, privately owned daycare with only about six or seven employees. Before the daycare was built, there was apparently a house and a junkyard on the property. And the rumor among the staff was the original owner of the property had died in the house, which was later demolished. One night, a lady that I'll call Amy and I were closing up. Her boyfriend came by to pick her up, and she asked me if I would be okay by myself if she went ahead and left. I told her, yeah, I'd be fine, as I was almost finished cleaning. I finished vacuuming and watched through the window as they drove off. A moment after that, I turned the vacuum cleaner off, and all of a sudden, I heard the bathroom door slam shut and I mean this thing slammed. The light and fan also came on in the bathroom about a second later. My initial thought was that maybe there was a child there trying to play a joke, but Amy always checked off a list of names as parents came to get their kids, and she checked every possible hiding place before leaving. I quickly put the vacuum cleaner away in the kitchen, and I started to head towards the bathroom. You know that feeling of dread you get when you feel as if you're about to do something scary or dangerous? That sinking feeling in your chest and stomach? Yeah, I full-on felt that, 
I quickly opened the bathroom door, turned off the light and fan, and I kid you not, from behind the door, I heard what I could only describe as an angry huff and a snarl. I should also mention that I felt a strange, almost tangible presence in that bathroom. And no, there were no kids hiding in the bathroom. There was only about eight inches of space between the door and the wall when I opened it, so there wasn't any room for anyone to hide. I locked up for the night and left. I swear I felt something watching me as I was leaving. When I came back to work a couple of days later, I went back into the bathroom, closed the door, turned on the light and fan, just to see if it could have possibly been the fan making that snarling, huffing sound. I turned it on and off a couple of times and no sound. I told Amy about it. She said she wasn't surprised. She had worked there a few years before and had experienced some odd activity herself. She said that one day she heard chairs moving in the toddler room when all the kids were out in the main room. I should also mention that several months before my encounter, I was talking with another lady who worked there. She said they had been there on a closed day, wrapping Christmas presents for the kids and listening to Christmas music. She said that all of a sudden, the door to the toddler room just slammed shut. The radio station changed by itself, too. One of the other ladies started to head over to the radio to change the station back, but it quickly turned back on its own. I worked overnight security for a Fortune 500 company. From Darkness. Let me start by saying I'm writing this because I worked four years for a corporation that is very well known in the industry. They make a product that everyone has heard about and is extremely overpriced. It began the first day I began training for my job as an overnight security officer. My trainer began walking me through the four-story, two-winged corporate headquarters. The reason I started at this point is because of the random event that happened in the first hour. While showing me through the building, we came to the marketing department's area on the third floor. The trainer was showing me some of the company's advertisements. One caught my eye because the model in the advertisement was a former college roommate and close friend of mine. We'd gone to school together at the other end of the state, so to see him in an ad at my new job shocked me beyond belief. A week later, when meeting a senior vice president of the company, she kept looking at me with scrunched eyes. When I finally asked her if something was wrong, she mentioned I looked like a former member of her church from her hometown, where she'd lived until 1998. I asked what town it was. She said the same name of the town I grew up in. I was shocked once again at the coincidence. I told her that's where I grew up. I had just moved to this new city six months prior. She asked me if I knew a man and dropped my father's name. I went wide-eyed and told her that was my dad. This woman had been on the church's trustee board with my father for years. We were 300 miles from that town and 13 years had passed since she had moved. Just another random coincidence, but weird. A couple of weeks after that, a coworker of mine asked me how the night shift was going. I explained to him it was fine, except for two areas in the building, which gave me the creeps. Those areas were the hallway for the human resources department, which gave me the odd sense that I was always being watched when I was in that area. 
and the executive meeting room, which gave off similar vibes. The coworker laughed and said it was just because the lights were off when I walked through those areas and that I'd get used to it. About a week after that, the site supervisor called me one evening, asking me to come to work for a meeting. I figured I was losing my job as I had just started and was afraid I wasn't working up to their expectations. Color me surprised when I was walked into the client supervisor's office and given a non-disclosure agreement to sign. When I asked what this was about, he and my direct supervisor told me I had to sign it to find out everything. Reluctantly, I signed the paper. I was told it would be binding for seven years. It was then explained to me that corporate security had been informed I was feeling uncomfortable in two specific places in the building. These locations happened to be spots where someone had died during construction of the office building the company was in. It was explained to me that certain members of the executive staff believed in the paranormal and had the lawyers draft up the NDA so rumors of paranormal activity didn't spread and ruin the company's reputation. Another shocking moment for me at this job. I was also informed that the security cameras caught things on a regular basis. In fact, the supervisor showed me a few clips of office furniture moving on its own at night. There was a chair swiveling when no one was around, a door to the emergency exit stairwell opening with no one there. I was told if I caught anything like this or saw it in person, I was to report it to the security supervisor so it could be saved for their documentation. I would later find out the company was moving to a new location and was using this collected evidence to show the landlord what was happening in the building. Over the next year, many events happened, from seeing shadows on the cameras in the break rooms to seeing black mass orbs scurrying around the legal department's area while walking my assigned tours. The worst event at that site happened on the 4th of July in 2012. I was finishing a tour through the HR hallway when I heard a woman scream. I was alone in the building, so I freaked out. The lights were on in the area and no one was around. I noped out of that area, texting my supervisor about what happened. He responded that I was to remain at the security desk for the rest of the night and to ignore my security patrols, that he would be at the work site at 7 a.m. to talk to me. For the next three hours, I sat in the security room, freaking out because it was so loud. It sounded like someone was being hurt. When my supervisor showed up, he told me he was shocked I had gone almost seven months before I heard anything like this. He apologized for not warning me ahead of time. He said usually other security guards heard whispers or voices, but a couple of guys had also heard screaming and yelling. The next major incident happened when I was asked to cover a shift at the company's plane hangar at the local airport. It was my first night there, and I was given a rundown of my patrol tasks. One task was to restock the employee soda fridge so the air crew had cold soda when they came to work. The fridge was located in a small storage room next to the security office. The first night I refilled the fridge from soda boxes that were stacked on a shelf in the room. I restocked the fridge and left the room. As soon as I closed the door, I heard a loud bang coming from it. Thinking I might have banged into something on my way out, 
I opened the door to investigate. I found a can of Coke lying on the ground behind the door. The issue was all the cans were either in the fridge or on the shelf at the opposite end of the room 10 feet away. There was no way a can was randomly flying 10 feet from a shelf. I told my relief about the incident in the morning. He laughed and told me I had just met the resident ghost. Apparently, I didn't fill the fridge with enough Coke and that's why the can was thrown at the door. The last two major incidents happened two days in a row at the site of the new corporate headquarters. The new building was built between 2012 and 2014. During construction, all the other guards swore the new building was even more haunted than the last. They claimed they heard footsteps and voices when no one was around. I never personally witnessed this, as I was stationed in the security car while the building was being built. But once it was completed, I had my worst experience to date. The first thing happened while on security patrol on a Sunday afternoon. I was on the phone with my mother as I walked through the building. When I got to a group of cubicles in the purchasing department, I was startled by a calendar page being flipped aggressively as I walked past. I jumped and shouted out of being scared by the event. I went over to the cubicle where the event occurred and could not find anyone else in the area. My mother had even heard the paper rustle and me screaming. She freaked out because she had never heard me yell like that before. The final event happened the next day. I was walking by the same desk and purchasing. I was vigilant this time, so I wouldn't be scared again, or so I hoped. This time, however, it was not a random item being moved. I turned a corner, and I was greeted by a partially formed apparition standing in a doorway. I absolutely jumped out of my skin and ran down to the security office to report the incident. The other guard rewound the security footage of me and saw a quick glimpse of me jumping as I turned the corner. Another camera angle showed the apparition that I'd seen. I quit that day. I was tired of being scared at my own job, and no amount of anything was going to keep me there. Pretty creepy, right? Seems like if your job isn't haunted by restless spirits, it's haunted by the creepiest sorts of customers, or even co-workers. Well, it's time for me to clock back in. Those rigor mortis lattes aren't gonna make themselves. I'll see you again on my next break, with more tales from the break room. Until then, try to survive your next shift. Tales from the Break Room is part of the EerieCast Network. It's hosted by Darkness Prevails. You can follow him at Dark Prevails on Twitter. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review Tales from the Break Room on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. To have your scariest workplace experiences told on the show, send them to us at eeriecast.com submit. Starting April 14th, 2022, we're now paying three cents per word for stories that make it onto the show for a limited time and PayPal only. EerieCast is a horror podcast network. For more scary stories and unsettling podcasts, go to EerieCast.com.